welcome back to Parched Car Convos. I am Maddie Mitchell and today is a very, very exciting episode of Parched Car Convos because today on August 12th is Parched Car Convos one year anniversary. A moment of silence. Actually, no, a round of fucking applause. Are you kidding? I'm so excited. I um, honestly, when I started this podcast a, a year ago today, I wasn't sure how far it would make it to be fully transparent with you. I wasn't, I have a, I have a hard time sticking to things and I wasn't sure if I'd be able to uh, make it past. I think they say for podcasts, most podcasts don't make it past like 10 episodes or something like that. So once I hit that, that 10 episode marker, I was like, you know what? I don't know. I think I'm in it for the long haul. And here I am. We've done 45 episodes of parked car combos and, um, one full year. That's so crazy. It's so exciting. And, um, I'm really excited to see where we'll be this time next year. So just a reminder to tell your friends about this podcast so more people listen to my voice, okay? The podcast is a Leo, so it wants to be heard, it needs attention, and it needs to be adored and loved. Is that too much to ask for? I don't think so. Um, but seriously, if you've been listening to this podcast since last year, that's um, so insane and that's so cool. Or if you've joined along somewhere somewhere in the past year, um, thank you for listening. I seriously appreciate it so much. I think it's so cool. I love doing this and I love talking to you guys about it. Um, and yeah, so just thank you so much. Ew, that was cheesy and gross. I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited. And today's episode is going to be really fun. It's, it's, I'm reading stories, which is my favorite kind of episode to do. So let's, um, just get right into it. Okay. So today I'm reading travel stories or vacation horror stories. I had a hard time. I had like a very clear image in my head of what I wanted to find and I didn't find it. So it's kind of a compilation of a few things. It's some that are like vacation specific, other that are just like horrible travel experiences, some that are, um, you know, vacation rentals, Airbnbs, hotels that were horrible. So it's kind of all encompassing. But um, they are really funny and I always love laughing at other people's misfortunes because I am a terrible person. I'm kidding. I don't like that. But I was trying to think if I had any of my own travel horror stories because I feel like everyone has experienced, you know, either a hotel room that was really grimy and disgusting or, um, you know, a rental home or an Airbnb that was like a little suspicious um, or a flight mishap where you missed your flight or your flight got delayed like 35 times and then it ended up getting canceled at the end of it, something like that. I couldn't think of anything too horrible, although I did have one and this is not, this is not horrible at at all. It's more so just like funny. So this was during, um, it was like not during peak COVID, obviously, but it was it was a little bit after COVID and not like COVID is over. COVID is not over, <laughs> unfortunately. But I stayed at a rental house with my family in North Carolina on the Outer Banks. And um, it was like still during the time of you're like, you don't like touching things that other people have touched kind of, you know, it's just all kind of gross. And I we stayed at this rental house and they had made like such a big deal that year about, you know, we're really ramping up our cleaning services. This wasn't through Airbnb. This was through like an actual rental company. So they have, you know, the rental company has their own cleaners and all that. And they had made like such a big deal. Like we are, 
like kicking or cleaning up a notch. We were really disinfecting everything. And, you know, everyone had to kind of take those extra steps. And I, I like, it was like the first hour of us being in this house and I was bringing my stuff in and kind of, you know, just getting, getting settled. And uh, there was a TV in the room that I was staying at and there was um, like a little basket that had the remote control for the TV in it. And so I got up to go to go pick it up and turn on the TV. And in that little, it was like a little wicker basket type of thing. Okay. And in that wicker basket was a half eaten Eggo waffle, which is disgusting in any time period. Like ever, never in my life do I want to see a half eaten Eggo waffle in a home that I'm staying in, in a room that I am staying in, because that's fucking nasty. But especially in the year of our Lord COVID, no, thanks. No, thank you. I was disgusted. I was appalled. I remember (laughs) I like washed all of the sheets again, even though it had nothing to do with the sheets. I was just like, so not having it. Um, and that was just, that was just gross. But I feel like there's, everyone has experienced something like gross with a hotel room because hotel rooms and rental houses are just inherently kind of gross when you think about it. And I know that there's really nice ones and I've stayed in a lot of like nice hotels and weird flex, but you know what I mean? You st- I've stayed in hotels that aren't disgusting, but there's something about like sleeping in a room that you just are like, this is so gross. I don't want to be here. Um, that, that really just comes out when you are in a hotel, any hotel, it's just like how many people have slept on this bed? How many people have showered in this shower? It's it's just it's as a concept, it's kind of gross. Um, so if you have any horror stories, please please hit my line. I like to talk about these things. Um, but let's get into these ones. So I found these on a bunch of different different websites because, like I said, I couldn't find any kind of um, consistency, unfortunately. So. This one is called The Broken Elevator. Now, little known fact about me, I fucking hate elevators. They terrify me to no end. I am claustrophobic. I don't know where I developed this fear fear of elevators because a lot of people that are afraid of elevators, I feel like they've gotten stuck in one before and so they're like traumatized and don't want to go back. Yeah, that did not happen to me um, ever. The earliest memory I have of hating elevators is when my brother was born. (laughs) Thanks, Dave. I was in... I went to the hospital with my grandmother to meet my brother Ugh! and I we got in the elevator and I don't remember why but standing in that elevator when I was six years old going up to the floor that my mom and my brother were at I just felt like I I hate this elevator and I'm scared that I'm gonna get stuck and ever since then I've had this like stupid fear of elevators I take the stairs everywhere so needless to say this is already traumatizing to me just by the title okay My family and I were on vacation in Paris. After a long day of walking around, we didn't want to take the stairs back up to the seventh floor. So unrelatable to me. It doesn't matter how tired I am, how exhausted I am, like I will take the stairs back up to the seventh floor without a shadow of a doubt. My best friend Hannah lives in New York and I visit her a lot and she lives on the sixth floor of her apartment and I take the stairs every single time without fail. Um, after about one floor, the elevator stopped. We pressed the emergency button and the poor woman on the other end couldn't understand anything we were saying. That is like even more traumatizing if you're in a foreign country or like it's, it's like a super sketchy, um, elevator or something like that. That's, that just like adds to it. Family and I were stuck in there for about an hour. We were finally safe, but we had to crawl out with the chance of being cut in half. The elevator was broken for the rest of our trip. So every day after that, we had to take seven flights of stairs up to our room. Um, 
lots of questions here. The first one is, could you really consider it being saved if you also had to risk being cut in half? Because I would not count that as a very sufficient rescue if that is like a risk that you have to take in the process. How? How? I've also, I've never been to Europe, but I've, I know the kind of like the super, super tiny elevators that are in like movies in Europe. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're like basically one person elevators. So I just kind of wonder if like maybe it's your fault. Oops. I also, I unfortunately in some of these stories, there will be a small amount of victim blaming because some people are just stupid. But if you like you specifically said you all squeezed into the tiny elevator, why would you do that? Like, it's kind of just seems like it's the consequences of your actions a little bit. Is that just me? I don't know. But that is terrifying that you had to risk being cut in half. That's something I personally don't like to risk. Most days I'm not like, hey, today I'm thinking about taking a risk. And when I when I think that, I never think, oh, I should I should pick the one where I could be cut in half. That's not something that ever comes to my mind. Um, okay. This one is just called the hotel. My family and I stayed in a hotel. Can I even call it that? With bats in the ceiling, poop on the walls, and we had to use bath towels for blankets. See, for me, and this is just, don't get me wrong. Um, why did you stay there then? Why did you stay there then? If I ever walked into a building that I was supposed, that I was paying to reside in, and there was poop on the walls, guess what I wouldn't be doing? I'm staying there. I would not do that. And I know like hotels are expensive and you had already booked it. So you're probably just losing money and blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, I know I would not. I would rather sleep outside in my car than sleep in a hotel that had poop on the walls. And when you say bats in the ceiling, what do you mean? Um, what do you mean? So they're like flying around inside the ceiling. I don't like that. You had to use bath towels for blankets? How could this place even literally call itself a hotel? They didn't have blankets? So was it just a bare bed? That doesn't even make sense. But again, it's something that if you walk into a hotel room, there's poop smeared on the wall and there's no blankets on the bed. And you made the conscious decision to be like, mm, I guess this is where we're staying. Why did you do that? You know, is that just me? It can't be. Okay, this next one is called the Ash Scattering cruise i'm sorry i kept wanting to say earth shattering and that's not at all what's going on here um okay i went on a cruise with my grandma and she tried to scatter my great grandpa's ashes off the back of the boat i ended up rinsing my my grandpa off about four levels of the ship with a cup of water when my great grandma died we wanted to scatter her ashes in the same way my grandma hollowed out bread rolls and put the ashes inside to prevent a repeat of events okay Okay, here's the thing, because to each their own, to each their own. Let me, let me start by saying that. Um, I know this is a very common thing where people want to have their ashes put in the ocean, scattered in the ocean, spread in the ocean. I don't know what the word is. I think spread, you spread ashes. I understand that. Okay, I get it. Did you, though, need to do it off the side of a huge cruise ship? I think that complicates things, right? Because if you could just go to a beach and just put it in the water that way, it's in the ocean, you don't have to worry about it getting stuck to the side of a boat. Um, it kind of takes out the like 
the like, oh, like the ceremonial aspect of it because it's so anticlimactic. Like I just picture them standing on the end of the boat being like, all right, and this one's for you, grandpa. And they chuck the ashes out only to watch the ashes not actually hit the water um, and to just like hit someone's window below them. That can't be a gratifying thing to experience, I would I would assume. And I just think that there must be easier ways to do it. And furthermore, um, then when you did try to come up with, you know, a conflict resolution, bread rolls, that's interesting. Um, I don't, I, again, to each, to each their own, I do think this, this way also would take away some of that ceremonial aspect where you have now stuffed your great grandma into a bread roll and chucked her in the ocean that cannot be like a peaceful (laughs) that can't be like a peaceful sentimental moment because she's in a dinner roll and you threw her in the ocean okay okay am I wrong am I being insensitive probably but I think it's I think it's valid okay is it valid? I don't know. No, it is. It's just, it just takes a lot of like the like beautiful aspect of like this, you have this whole thing where it's like everyone's gathered and it's like a peaceful, quiet, tranquil moment, but you're all just chucking bread rolls off the back of a cruise ship. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. This next one is called the dividing train nightmare. And this one, um, is is jarring this one's definitely jarring okay I was interrailing I don't know what that means I should probably look it up let's do that actually it's basically just traveling by train in Europe so that was pretty self-explanatory I should have I should have jumped to that conclusion on my own I kind of did but okay I was interrailing with my friends and fell asleep on one of the night trains in a different carriage than them I woke up at around 5 a.m with an old man rubbing my bare feet on his crotch okay um this is what I meant by jarring you know what? We'll just finish the story and we'll circle back. Okay. After running away from him, good for you, and unable to find my friends, I spoke to a conductor who explained to me in broken English that my friends were on the end of the train that was going to Austria, but I had ended up on the part of the train going to Bratislava. I ended up stuck in Bratislava with no shoes, no money, and a dead phone. I had accepted death until a couple took pity on me and helped me get back to a train to Austria. It was the worst night of my life. That is, from the bottom of my heart, terrifying, scary. I hate everything about that. Okay, but I do have to point out, your bare feet. So did he de-shoe you? How did that work? Were you barefoot in general? Why did you not take your shoes? Did he hide them from you? Because then it says you ended up in Bratislava with no shoes, no money, and a dead phone. Also... Bratislava is the capital of Slovakia. I did have to look that up. Um, so you were in a whole different country with no shoes, no money, and a dead phone. I can, when you say I had accepted death, same. I would have done the same thing. How in that sense could you ever leave? I don't understand. That is so terrifying. This is everyone's worst nightmare when they travel by themselves. Another thing that I had never heard of is you're on the same train as your friend, but they like split the train in half and half the train goes to one country and half the train goes to the other country. And again, I'm sure this is probably just something that they do in Europe because I've I've definitely never been on a train where they like divide it in half. 
But I also think that probably should have been made really clear. <laughs> I think it should have been very clear like, hey, if you're in this cart, it's because you're going to Slovakia. You're not going to Austria. That That is something. And again, maybe it was just the language barrier or something like that. But that in and of itself is terrifying. Like if if nothing else had happened and you just ended up in a different country than your friends, scary. But the fact that there was a creepy old man next to you who took your shoes and was sexually harassing you and assaulting you basically. And then you had no money and no shoes and a dead phone that it adds a whole other dimension to it. That's so terrible and scary. Okay. Um, this one, this one doesn't have a title. So I guess I'll just have to figure it out for itself. Actually, maybe I should come up with titles for the one that doesn't have a title. All right, let's call it the sunken ship. Mm, I hope that doesn't give too much away. <laughs> On vacation in Key West, my family rented a pontoon boat and sailed out to spend the day at a sandbar. I personally hate pontoon boats. Don't ask me why. I just, I hate them. There's something about them that you just feel like you are standing on just a slab and you're like, oh, gotta hope for the best because there's just no, it feels less boat and more like a floating dock and I don't like that. There's something about that that just doesn't feel safe or secure to me. So um, again, that's just my own, my own personal take. Uh, My family rented a pontoon boat and sailed out and spent the day at a sandbar. Eventually, it was time to sail back. You're not sailing, first of all. I'm sorry, but you're not sailing. A pontoon boat isn't a sailboat. Anyways, uh, and everyone piled into the front of the boat. After a while, we realized that the boat was moving slowly because... So we shut the engine off to restart it. The whole boat tipped over. What? Okay. Like, the front end was completely submerged. And the motor was three feet out of the water. The motor was three feet out of the water. Oh, that is terrible because the motor is supposed to be in the water. I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. We all ran to the back, but the water just kept pouring into the front. We all started panicking and tried to get out of the water with little shot glass sized Dixie cups. They tried to get the water out with shot glass sized Dixie cups. What? After we'd given up all hope of staying afloat, we realized that the anchor had fallen off the front of the boat and we were dragging it through miles of endangered coral reef. That is just terrible. And this is one of those things where I understand why tourists shouldn't be allowed. Do you know what I mean? That is something I personally get now because tourists are terrible. Again, I'm not blaming you, but like... So then you clearly didn't know how to drive the pontoon. Like you probably don't get boats then. So why would you be like, yeah, this is something I should do. You were dragging it through miles and miles of endangered coral reef. Why'd you have to paint that picture like that? I don't like you. That's mean. You should have known the, what the fuck you're doing or you shouldn't have done it. Victim blaming. Yeah, I'm doing it there. I went there. But this actually reminds me of another story. I... This, it also pertains to the Outer Banks. The Outer Banks is like the only place I go. I'm sorry. Okay. I was in the Outer Banks a few years ago. And um, if you don't know what the Outer Banks is, it's not, well, it is a TV show, but um, it's like a, it's an, a strip of an island that's a strip off the coast of North Carolina. Okay. And I was there, this is probably like eight years ago. And I was, we were down there and it was that summer it was huge for like sharks 
being seen off the coast of the Outer Banks. And so um, everyone was kind of like extra careful that summer. Everyone was kind of on the lookout a little bit more than usual for sharks. There's always dolphins that we see off the coast. Um, and so a lot of people would mix up dolphins and sharks. That's a classic, a classic conundrum there because they kind of look similar. But I mean, when you just see their fins sticking out of the water. But um, so that summer it was like everyone was kind of on like high alert, right? And we were driving, driving back from dinner one night and all of these ambulances and fire trucks and police cars, um, start like flying by us and they drive into this like neighborhood and they end up locking off the street and everything. I think we saw a Medi helicopter, which is pretty normal down there because it's so far removed from like actual society that if you are having a medical emergency, that's like obviously the quickest way to go is by helicopter. So, um, we saw that and we're like, Oh my God, I wonder if it was a shark attack because you know, that's all, that's all we had on our mind. And we ended up finding out later that it was, um, a couple that was kayaking in the ocean and they got really close to some dolphins, which like isn't unusual, but dolphins can be really mean when you provoke them, which, um, you shouldn't, why would you do that? Literally, why would you do that? And I guess this person had provoked them and the dolphin fully fucking attacked, <laughs> attacked this person. And I'm not saying he deserved it, but I'm not, not saying that he, they kind of ripped his ear off a little bit. Not like a lot, like it was still there. And I think he had broken ribs or something because they can like fully thrash into you. And, you know, they're they're strong, strong animals. And so he was severely injured. But again, I kind of go back to like people that provoke wildlife or do any kind of harm to wildlife or are just like stupid enough to like try and get close and get a picture, you know, things like that. I fully believe that whatever happens to you after that, like that is just God's plan. And there is nothing else that can be done at that point to help you in your stupidity. But it was just funny because everyone was like, oh my God, but it was a shark attack. And it was literally just a dolphin, a pissed off dolphin no choice but to stand, honestly. Okay. Um, this one is about a youth group trip, um, to Israel. Okay. One summer I went on a youth group trip to Israel. Ooh, spoiler alert. A bunch of us who had never met were before were traveling on this big bus together. One day in Northern Israel, the bus stopped at a beach to take a break. Just as we got down to the water, a big wave came in and brought with it oodles of jellyfish. One big bluish purple jellyfish slapped a boy right across the chest as the wave crashed into him. That sounds genuinely terrible. Almost everyone got stung. As it turned out, the jellyfish weren't poisonous, thank God, okay, but their stings burned and itched unbelievably. For the next few days, everyone had to urinate on each other to soothe the wounds. Talk about a bonding experience. That is so, so terrible. Um... I know that that is like medically the way to heal a jellyfish sting. I would die if a stranger had to pee on me. That is, that is so gross. And it's like, I get it. I get it. I know there's, there'd be nothing else I could do. There'd be nothing else that would help in that situation. But how have we as a society not moved past having to pee on each other when we get stung by jellyfish? I feel like that is like, we should have something else that is more hygienic and less disgusting and can help you that isn't human urine on you. That's so gross. 
that is so gross and it's just and they said for days for the next few days everyone was just what like taking turns did you just like all chug water and you're like all right I gotta go who's up that's so nasty that is so nasty and I'm not trying to shame you but ew you're disgusting (laughs) time I did have an allergic reaction to a jellyfish sting actually and I had like a small, a very, very small, like it's going to sound a lot more dramatic than it was, a very small like tentacle imprint on my leg. Very, very small, size of a quarter really. It was like a tiny jellyfish, but it started swelling profusely and uh, it itched a lot. It was, it was terrible. And I had to go to the um, doctor because I was like, I don't know what this is. And I was like, I think it's from a jellyfish. And I remember the doctor came into the room and he was like, yeah, so I just Googled to see if you could be allergic to jellyfish and you can. And I was like, why the fuck did I pay for a doctor's appointment if you just Googled it? I could have done that. Stupid. I was so pissed. But yeah, so I, I did have an allergic reaction to a jellyfish. Just a little known fact about me. Okay, last year, my family went on a vacation to Maine. We were checking into a hotel and it was pretty late. So they gave my father the room key and he went up to open the door. When he opened the door, he found two girls huddled in the back of the room. Awesome. They were terrified because they thought my father was breaking in. Turned out that someone who worked in the hotel had given the girls the room as a freebie. Instead of kicking the girls out, they put us in another room that was really small with one double bed and a single cot. We were a family of four. Uh, but as soon as we settled in, the fire alarm went off. The alarm went off for hours before I was able to finally get some sleep on the floor. That is terrible. There's a lot of things here. First of all, who just gives out hotel rooms as freebies? What, like, I need more information on how these two girls just ended up with a, a hotel room for free. That doesn't make any sense. To- but then also how, if you're checking into a hotel and like you had this reservation, how did they let the girl, like, why did they give that room away? Right. Because you would presume if you make the reservation, you were assigned a room when you made that reservation, like on the hotel's end. So then who gave that person like access to give that room away and furthermore they had no other rooms to give you that were bigger in size that is terrible I yeah I've been in a hotel where the fire alarm's gone off before and that's just so fucking annoying but this is actually a really big fear of mine is either going into a hotel room that someone is in or someone else coming into my hotel room because they were just like given the wrong key card and you know stuff like that happens that is so scary like if I were those two girls I would be also hiding in the back of the room like screaming and crying because that's so scary how do people do that like I've heard that happen to like a too many people like that just shouldn't be so easy to be like oh here's your key card And it's just not actually for your room or like two people are assigned to the same room. I hate that. That's scary. Okay. This one says my family took a vacation to Disney World, which we were all so excited about. But my parents got into a huge fight and decided they wanted to get a divorce on the second day of the week-long trip. It ended up being the most awful week of my life, far from the most magical place on earth. Okay. This is interesting because I want to know how old you were because that I feel like is very key here. Like, were you in high school when this happened? Were you, I would assume you were younger. So it's kind of concerning that when your parents got into a fight, 
they also decided to get a divorce like right then and there and tell you about it like so much had to have gone so incredibly wrong for that to all have happened within the second day of the trip because if parents are fighting and they're like thinking about getting a divorce why would they tell the little children that on their vacation to Disney World. Do you know what I mean? I feel like, because a lot would have to be leading up to it. So I doubt it was just this like one huge fight. And then they like were like, okay, that's it. I'm divorcing you. But even if you get into a huge fight that makes you like think about getting a divorce or is kind of, you know, the driving force and makes you to just tips you over the edge enough. Why would you tell that to the children at Disney World? That is actually, I like, I'm not a parent, but if I were, well, I also wouldn't be at Disney World. There, I said it. So I don't know. I I just think it's, that's terrible. That's literally awful. Like, oh, your parents are getting divorced? Yeah, they told me at Disneyland. Oh, awesome. That's so, I hate that. Okay. This one, I think the next, the last few are um, all about like Airbnbs gone wrong specifically. So like rental homes and stuff like that. Okay. Um, when I was about 10, my family rented a small house in Cape Cod so fun. I love Cape Cod. I was just there three days ago. Um, it was really nice until I woke up in the middle of the first night and screamed when I saw little black dots all over the ceiling. It was like the ceiling was was painted a different color. The house was infested with gnats. They're like tiny mosquitoes. Is that not like a well-known fact? Yeah. Okay. They were insanely hard to kill and bit us everywhere. They were on the walls, the furniture, etc. Hundreds of them just everywhere. We spent an absurd amount of money on products to kill them, but nothing worked. We basically stayed out of the house as much as possible. And one night I slept in the yard because honestly, there were more bugs inside than outside. It was miserable, like an actual horror movie. We all had hundreds of bites that ended up getting infected. I remember my mom trying to get our money back. All the owner said was, it's nat season, sorry, and didn't reimburse us. Worst family vacation ever. That is genuinely terrible. Um, gnats are actually, they're really bad at the beach. I don't, now I'm questioning, I thought gnats were like a universal thing, but maybe they're not. And they're really bad at the beach and they like, they'll cover your feet and your legs, not cover them, but they'll like swarm your feet and your legs. And they are like really hard to kill because they're so tiny and they, they do tend to be together. Like I've never just seen one gnat. It's always like five of them and they're really, really gross. Um, and I understand the owner saying it's gnat season for the outdoors. That's not a good enough excuse. Like you have a full infestation then. That's not, that's not real. Yeah, it is gnat season. That doesn't mean there should be literally thousands inside of the house. That's not how that works. That's really not how that works. That's so terrible. But, and then this is the thing too is, did you like fight harder to get your money back? I would have sued. I would have sued them. Ew, that is so disgusting. There's nothing worse than like thinking there's a bug on you when you're sleeping or like seeing a bug on your wall before you go to bed and you can't kill it because it disappears. And you're like, amazing. Now I have to go to sleep knowing that there's a fucking bug somewhere in this room. That is, that's terrifying. I hate that. Okay, my now fiance and I went on a trip to Philly a few months into our relationship. When we arrived, our host came down in her pajamas and slippers holding a small poodle. It became clear she wasn't going anywhere and that the entire place listing was incorrect. Okay, if you don't know what that means, um, on Airbnb, there's like, there's, you can list out, I mean, you can rent out a room in someone's home. So 
when you are looking for Airbnbs, there's like different criteria you can select when you're searching. And one of them is entire place. So that means like it'd be an apartment that you have to yourself or a house that you have completely to yourself. So basically what they're saying is that this listing lied and they did not have the entire place to themselves. They clearly just had like a room in someone else's apartment or home or whatever this was. Um, when we reached the room we'd be staying in, the host pointed out the erotic photos decorating the wall, saying this would set the mood for our trip. She also let us know that she would be in the room right next door, working on a pending lawsuit she was filing. Throughout the trip, she would knock on our bedroom wall and speak to us through it. It also became clear through our stay that her dog, who she told us was a service dog, was never let out to use the bathroom, but rather stayed in the house. We found dog poop and pee in various locations in the home, including in our room. Okay, this is one where I am going to victim blame the fuck out of you. Why the actual fuck? First of all, if I rented an Airbnb and I was supposed to have the entire place to myself and I got there and some woman is like, okay, here's the room that you're staying in. I'm staying right next door. I would be like, no, I'm leaving then because this, you lied. Like eat immediately right then and there, I would say that I would leave and I would call Airbnb and demand a refund. Like that's where it should have ended. That for me, that's where it would have ended. And these, like, why did you continue to go through with this trip? And then she's so fucking creepy. Why are there erotic photos on the wall? Why did you do that? Why did she say that she would be right next? Like, why is she trying to talk to you through the wall? Why are you there? You shouldn't have even been in that situation in the first place. Again, not to victim blame, but I'm going to. You should not have put yourself in that situation. Like, there's just no excuse. Worst comes to worst, I would drive myself back home. Like, I would not, there's just no other, there's just nothing that could have convinced me that I should stay there for the weekend. For the whole trip, they just stayed there. They just accepted their fate. Not only that, but she's fucking abusing her animal. Animals need to be outside. They need to, like, that is animal abuse. To keep them inside and let them go to the bathroom. That is just so fucked. I hate people. Um, but yeah, you put yourself in that situation. Like, I'm so sorry. And I'm sure you were bamboozled. I know you were, but like you still made that conscious decision to be like, yeah, this is completely the opposite of what I thought it was going to be, but I guess I'll still stay. Why? Why? Okay. My family and I got a rental in England for three weeks. That's, that's in caps, all caps for three weeks. The picture of the house looked fine online, a bit small, but perfect for what we wanted. We get there and this place is filthy and about half the size as advertised. The mattresses literally had springs sticking out of them. The Wi-Fi never actually worked. To really top it all off, the shower was just a garden hose running from the outside through a window and taped to the ceiling. Weirdly had hot water though. Also, the fridge was never actually on. Um, okay, so right off the bat, just I know this is such a common thing with Airbnbs is just like false advertising. And I really don't know how so many people seem to get away with it because it just seems like it should be a lot harder to do that. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being naive, but I I think that's just so fucking crazy. But also just why is it not clean? Why isn't it clean? Because how do you expect that to go? Then your people are just like going to rip you apart or complain to Airbnb and it's just like not going to end up benefiting you at all. So like, why would you even do that to yourself? I don't know. But the to, okay, to run a garden hose through a window that leads into the house, into the bathroom and tape it to the ceiling. I am so sorry. 
what the actual fuck? Because, okay, I have a lot of questions. Like, was there a bathtub? Like, were you standing in something to collect water? You must have been. So then it's like, was there just a shower and the shower head wasn't working? Or like the water from the inside wasn't working? I, yeah, I have no words. That's so fucking insane. Like, I hope these people complained. I really hope you did. Also, I was looking at Airbnbs a few weeks ago. And I found this, like, first of all, so many people on Airbnb need to learn how to take a good fucking photo because some of the pictures that you see on there literally, first of all, it looks like someone took it with a toaster oven, like not an iPhone, not a camera, a fucking toaster oven. And they decorate their Airbnbs um, like it was the scene of a crime. Like they intentionally decorate it like your grandmother's house mixed with a murder scene. Like there's no, they just don't even try to make it look welcoming or homey or cute or appealing in any way. And then on top of it, it's these, like the quality is so grainy that it looks either just fake entirely. Like it looks like you just pulled some picture off the depths of the internet from literally 2003. And you're like, oh, this is like, maybe it's just a complete scam. But People need to make their shit look more appealing because it's just like it's so many people are not even trying. And then I've been reading some reviews on some of them. And like for the most part, all the Airbnbs that I look at, and I think it's because eventually if you get too many bad reviews, you probably get removed from the site, I'm assuming. Um, Or if that many people complain about you and have like super, super serious complaints, then like you're not going to be able to stay on there, which is good. But I kept seeing... um, like there was terrible reviews for this place and I was reading some of them and the biggest complaint was that it's literally not even in the town that it advertises itself in. And I'm like, how on earth could you get away with that? Literally, how could you get away with that? And they were saying that, um, the beds were like rock solid. Some of the windows were broken. Um, the doors were like, would like always get stuck. So they like, like just some things where I'm like, what makes you think that this is a house that you can rent out? I do not know. I like, I don't, I just don't, people are just stupid is what I'm getting at. But I, that's scary. I hate that. Okay. We have two more. This one says on the last night of a trip in Maui, my boyfriend thought it would be nice to surprise me with a stay on a catamaran yacht in the ocean. When we first met our host, he told us we would have to kayak out to the boat. The waters were rough and it was hard to get out there, but we made it. That's just in and of itself. That's annoying. The catamaran was way dingier than described, but that was not the problem. Our host said another couple would be joining us and that he had some friends coming as well. This was a pretty small boat, so we would all get to know each other pretty well. It, it was dark when they arrived, and once they were on the boat, we noticed that they were all completely naked. They never got dressed. <laughs> Our romantic stay in a boat turned into a strange naked party with our host and his friends. They invaded all areas of the boat, swinging on bars, jumping on our bed, having strange conversations and rubbing up all over each other. At one point, they started lighting off fireworks, butt-ass naked from the front of the boat to a friend in the back of the boat. They knocked a speaker into the ocean with the other couple's charger and phone attached to it. It was so bizarre and uncomfortable and we couldn't leave. The next morning we were dying to get off the boat, but our host was too busy getting, was too busy getting busy with another, with a naked girl. When we got back to shore, our host says, Oh yeah, I guess I should have mentioned that my boat is clothing optional. The cherry on top was definitely when my boyfriend got stung by a scorpion when retrieving our shoes 
from our host's hiding spot on the beach. We contacted the site and got our money back from that crazy night on a naked boat. That is start to finish terrible. And this is why I feel like you should always read the reviews. Like was there had to, someone had to have posted online about how terrible that must've been. Like that, that must exist somewhere. That is so, so scary. Ew, a naked party. Why did he invite friends? If you are renting out and they were supposed to stay there. So I'm, I'm confused all over. Cause why was he there? Right? Like if you're just staying on someone's boat for the night, why does, why is the host also there? That seems like unnecessary. Am I, is that wrong? I guess cause you could leave with the boat, but that would be pretty dramatic. And why did he invite friends on? Cause it's one thing cause he said another couple, but like that makes it sound like, oh, someone, another couple is also staying on the boat and like paying just like you are but then his friends and they start going absolutely rogue like they seem like they were all on drugs from what they're saying they're swinging on bars and jumping on our bed the fuck I would have swam back to shore or called the cops I don't know I would have done something how could you stay there all night that's so scary isn't that is that not terrifying okay all right last one When we pulled up to the house in Destin, Florida, it looked a little shabby, but we weren't alarmed. We were just ready to get to the beach after driving 12 hours from Houston. Everything was fine until I woke up the next morning. I could barely breathe and my eyes were watering like crazy. Where did this sickness come from? I felt like death, but I was determined to enjoy my vacation, so I got up and got ready to head to the beach. The next morning, I felt even worse. What was going on? Long story short, the house had a ton of mold because it was a carpeted beach house. So I picked up some antihistamines and tried to enjoy my time while also counting on the days until I was home and mold-free. That is terrible. And again, how can you rent out your house to, to people that are paying you money when your house is covered in mold, which is dangerous? Like that is, I just don't get how this shit is allowed. I mean, I guess it's because there's literally no regulation. So I, I kind of just answered my own question. But that is so terrible. And again, did you get your money back? Like, this is what I need to know. In today's society, sometimes you need to be a Karen. And that's not even being a Karen. If you're, if the house that you paid money to stay in is covered in mold and you had an allergic reaction to it, yeah, you should definitely demand to get your money back. You should definitely ask to speak to the manager. Like, you know what I mean? You just... Or you should leave and demand that they put you up in another house. That's what I would do. Maybe. I probably wouldn't. But that, like, that's like medically um, hazardous. That, that can, like, that's a hazard to your health. And you're just like, well, I guess I'll just go to the beach and hope for the best. Like, you people, we need to be getting our money back. We're in a recession now, so we need to be doing everything we possibly can to be getting our money back, okay? You heard it here first. All right, thank you so much for listening to today's episode and for all 45 episodes of Parked Car Convos. Um, Here is to another year of Parked Car Convos. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week.